You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, it's episode number 49 and I'm really excited about this episode today, especially for those of you looking to play in Australia right now and really don't have a clue of what you're getting into. Uh, There's six different state leagues in Australia where you can play in the winter. I know everybody wants to play in the ABL, but a more realistic option for the majority of you guys uh, is the state leagues. And uh, there's so like I said, there's six of them. They're based in Perth, Canberra. Uh, We have Adelaide, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Sydney. Sydney. Um, so the the level of play is pretty much equal across six states. Uh, you know, some will argue that some are better than others. I've heard that the Southern Australian Baseball League is quite strong. Uh, same with the one out in Western Australia. But uh, you know, talk to Scotty Mulhern who plays in Brisbane, and he says that's the best one. So it's all a matter of opinion where you've played. Um, but definitely, it's a it's a great opportunity for those of you to uh, looking to play overseas during the winter. Uh, you know, you're not going to make a ton of money, but they set you up with jobs there. And the minimum wage in Australia is 20 bucks an hour. Uh, so you can go there and make some thick coin while you're playing baseball. Uh, the majority of clubs will pay your flight and set you up with the host family. So, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, yeah, you're you're maybe working uh, while you're playing, but you're making good money. You get about a month off at Christmas time to travel. So I just think it's such a sweet deal that maybe a lot of you guys are unaware of how sweet it really is so uh, this is a perfect story uh, of a guy who was set up with such a deal in Canberra Australia playing for the Ainsley Bears his name is Andrew Medoros sorry Andrew if I butchered your name but um you know he's uh, his his story. I'll let him tell you. It's pretty pretty unique. I like the job. Uh, I like where he's living. Uh, it just sounds like an unreal deal. So without further ado, let's get on with episode number forty nine with Andrew. This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. So be, before we get to where you currently are, uh, can you take us back uh, and tell us a little bit about your background and then how it led to uh, a decision to take your career overseas? Yeah, sure thing. Um, started off uh, Division Three baseball, a uh, small school out in western Massachusetts called Westfield State. Uh, four years there. Um, after that, kind of started looking on my own to uh, get a contract somewhere. Never got drafted, so did a Pecos League tryout. Um, ended up getting a contract out of that. Uh, went down to Arizona, did like the spring training and stuff all down there. Lasted about two weeks. Things didn't shape up the way I hoped. So uh, went home, started looking for some other jobs. And one of my friends had uh, told me about your website. So kind of just threw on a profile. And I think within two weeks, uh, you had given me the call to uh, have the opportunity to uh, go to Australia. So kind of was a, I don't know, guy looking around for a lot of different things and Kind of just fell into my lap pretty nicely. So you were, yeah, you were. So you were kind of thinking of hanging them up and starting the nine to five, and 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 then. Uh, yeah, I was, um, I was trying to get into coaching. Um, what I had done was, I think actually right 
before I made the profile was I was doing a summer camp as a baseball coach um, for like a sleepaway camp. So I was there for about eight weeks as a, one of the head baseball coaches there. And I think that was I was trying to start my coaching career. Yeah. Interesting. So did prior to um, your buddy mentioning the website, uh, had you even thought of taking your career overseas or have you heard anything about it or – um, actually, no, I didn't think anything of it. Um, from what I knew, uh, it was pretty much just like the Asia teams. And I kind of figured that they were similar to like major league baseball and their minor league systems. Mm-hmm. So I figured you either had to know somebody or had to have that kind of skill level. Yeah. Um, never actually even thought of Europe or Australia, to be honest with you. Um, I was a hockey player growing up, so I figured Europe was just as good in hockey as in baseball. So. Yeah wasn't really thinking of it that way yeah yeah i hear you um so uh okay so you you end up signing with the ainsley bears uh, in canberra in the capital territory mm-hmm. um so let's maybe you know you can take us through this this uh this league but before so how, how'd the season go uh season was good um i think they play there's six teams yeah. Um, all pretty much within 20 to 25 minutes drive of each other, all inside the Canberra League, uh, well, ACT area. Yeah. Um, you play, I think each team you play, there's five other teams, so I think you play them six times, so you play around 30 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, our team, we started off one and three, I believe, and then uh, we ended up winning out the rest of the year. So we finished at, I think, 24 and 3 minus a couple of rainout games. Wow. So uh, we ended up going into the playoffs. Um, what they do is the top three teams make the playoffs mm-hmm. and uh, ended up getting swept in the championship. But I mean, 20, I think we ended up going 21 in a row at the regular season. Wow. And so is that, is that kind of a new position for the Bears, like to be at the top, or are they typically one of the two clubs at the top? Or Yeah, they're, they're typically one of the two or three teams that are in the mix all the time. Um, it's, I guess usually it's them, the bandits from Bill Conan and, uh, the Weston Creek Indians. Uh, usually those are the top three. Um, this year, uh, the Vikings, I think made a good push at the end and they got into the playoffs instead of the Indians. But, Mm -hmm. uh, usually those are the three teams that are up in the top from what I'm understand. And what are the other two clubs? Uh, the other two are, the Canva Eagles mm-hmm. and um, the Woden Rebels. The Woden Rebels, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, there's so many clubs in Australia, and, and unless I pull up my website and go to that league specifically, it's hard to remember which, which ones are where and everything. But yeah. um, So there's a clear-cut three, maybe four clubs, and then there's a bottom two, it sounds like. Yeah. And does that also work in terms of um, – financial capability and importing uh professional players um i don't know about that one because uh every team had for sure at least i think two imports um some teams had three uh we were one of those teams with the three but if you actually look at one of the other teams that had three they were the Woden team and they were i think they were finishing last place Mm -hmm. Uh, but they had three guys and uh i think it's just they couldn't really do everything that they I mean, three guys aren't going to carry a team. Yeah, Woden, the Woden talent on itself is a little beneath, like everybody. I don't want to say beneath, but just they're not there yet. Yeah, uh, I think from what I hear, they're better guys kind of transfer out once in a while. 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess when they're all within close proximity of each other, I guess there's a lot of movement between clubs with the Australian guys. Yeah. It's uh, from what I noticed, it's, I mean, it doesn't happen too often because a lot of times they grow up in the club. Yeah. But, uh, if the guys really aren't happy or they really want to have a good chance of winning, they'll jump ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So can you tell me a little bit about, um, like recently at Finkston Ball, I had a couple of guys come here in, in Austria. There's a tournament called Finkston Ball. Um, and a bunch of imports come for that weekend from around Europe. And a couple of them played in um, in Adelaide, so in South Australian Baseball League. And they filled me in a lot about the league. And I was quite surprised to hear how deep the pockets were with some of the clubs. Like... Um, you know, a couple clubs in particular, uh, there's going to be another podcast episode about that, but, um, you know, you, you, the pay was pretty good. I was actually quite surprised within the top couple of clubs. Um, can you fill us in a little bit about, uh, the capital territory league or the act league? Yeah. Compensation wise, um, like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so what they did, what our team did, I'm not, I don't know, I can't speak for the other teams. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really ask the guys that I did talk to. Um, but from what my my position was, the team didn't actually pay you for baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did was they offered you a return flight and they set you up with a job. Um, what we had for a job was basically bartending, mm-hmm. uh, $20, $26 an hour, something like Jeez. that. And the team president for the Bears in Australia actually owns his own hotel, and he owns like a bed and breakfast right next door. So he houses you, he feeds you. Um, you get about you get the hotel breakfast in the morning, um, lunch. You're kind of on your own if yeah. you're. If not, you can hang out and have lunch with the hotel staff, and then for dinner he invites you over to his house and feeds you from there. And that's um, every day, every single day. You're going to his house for dinner. Every day, his house for dinner. Wow. He had, um, between him, his wife, and his daughter, the three imports, uh, one of the imports had his wife with him, and they, whoever was working in the hotel front desk would always have dinner with him at his house every night. So it was, it was a minimum of eight usually all the time. Wow. That's that's a pretty cool setup there. Yeah. Uh, so he had set it up nicely, um, yeah. and then he would actually give us a job in the morning at the hotel uh, cleaning out the rooms and making beds and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, I, yeah, and that again, I hear just how much they pay over there, like 26 an hour for, for yeah. bartending. Yeah, so, it's 26 an hour for bartending, I think 23 or 24 to work at the hotel, and you're yeah. working pretty much every day if you wanted it. Yeah, if you want to. So were you working like 40-hour weeks or were you doing, you know, or were you working less so that you can play more ball? Or? Um, so what I did was um, when I started getting more shifts at the bar, I tried to work less at the hotel. Yeah. Um, I was working anywhere between 20 to 30 hours a week between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have worked more if I really wanted to, but uh, they through, through the bartending job, they set us up with a gym membership for – pretty cheap yeah. and uh, that was usually I'd work until about one or two if I could and then go to the gym in the afternoon and then go to baseball at night yeah that's a sweet setup yeah it was nice it was uh, it was a good routine it was it wasn't as, like a same thing every day because you could have been doing one job one day and another job the next yeah yeah so it's not too monotonous then um, so you know I guess a lot the big question is anyone thinking of going to Australia 
are a little bit, you know, when they hear like, oh, I have to work, you know, maybe they're not too excited about it. But from the sounds of it, it's not so bad. I guess it depends. Every club's different, but in whatever job you get. But I mean, I think you're in the end, you're probably going to end up making more money, you know, working than uh, as opposed to maybe playing in Europe where they pay a small salary, but you can't work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, how would you describe the level of play within the league? Um, can you can you measure that to anything you're familiar with back home? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, depending on the team, uh, I would say like I guess the the level of play. I mean, each team only had about twelve guys, but the level of those twelve guys could probably measure up to like a Division three or Division two college mm-hmm. in the states. Yeah, um, there were some guys that could throw pretty well. For the most, everybody could hit that whole league. Everybody could hit, um, not necessarily one through nine, but definitely the top five or six guys could all always swing the bat pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our team alone had six or seven ex pros on it between yeah. the Australian pro team or guys that actually got signed and drafted and all yeah. that stuff. So, Australian well, guys that were drafted too and played pro ball in the States, and yeah, they'll still hang around in our league. Um, and then there was a couple of times where we faced some of the cavalry pitchers, which is the uh, ABL team from Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and they would one guy pitched the beginning of the season to kind of get ready for the season, and uh, one of the imports came down and pitched against us as like a warm up bullpen session mm-hmm. to uh, get ready halfway through because they called him in about two months into the season. Yeah. Interesting. So, do you find like man, among the imports in the league? Uh, are, are many of them affiliated players that are maybe there for the winner or or former affiliated guys? Or? Um, as far as the imports, uh, no, I don't think any of them were affiliated or drafted or any of that. Um, I think they were mostly just college guys looking for a place. Um, I know one guy came in from one of the other teams. He came in just solely for the fact so he could try and get on the cavalry team. Yeah. And then when he found out he couldn't, I think he ended up leaving. But no, I think for the most part, um, the guys that were imports were just kind of college guys or recent college grads looking for a place to play. Um, One of our guys was uh, an ex-pro, played in the Frontier League, played Division I baseball on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. He he was good. Um, And then we actually, both of the other imports were pitchers on my team, both Division I guys. Okay, so there were four in total, including you. No, there was three. It was me and then two other pitchers. Okay, okay. So, uh, is that the limit? Uh, yeah, every you couldn't have more than three guys. Okay. And were they all? They all had flights paid, as far as you know. Um, they got the return. We got a thousand dollars toward a return flight. He would give us uh, five hundred dollars at Christmas, and then another five hundred mm-hmm. when we left. I, m- I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, what about uh, you mentioned? You know how a guy came over and tried to get on with the cavalry, and I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but there are there are guys that like there's there's guys that have done that have got on with the state league club and then worked their way up into the ABL. Um, did you see any of that within the cavalry? Um, not I'm not through the imports. Um, there was a guy on our team who was a pitcher. Um, he had previously played for the cavalry. He was a drafted by the Braves I think um, and he was coming off I think Tommy John or rotator cuff surgery or something 
So he played with us for most of the season, and then toward the end, when he was actually starting to throw and could get on the mound, the Cavalry brought him back on. And he played for the Cavalry for I think the last month and mm-hmm. month and a half of the season, or something like that. Yeah, I think um, like a route some guys look at going is where they pay their own flight and come over there and work, and then they're like not contractually obligated to stay with the club, the state league club, and then can move up. And maybe that's not the case within. Uh, the act territory because they do pay you guys some money and set you up pretty pretty good there so um okay what about the city of canberra much to do like did you did you uh did you enjoy living there yeah i enjoyed it i loved it um it's kind of it's got a small city feel it's not a very big city it's not like a boston or new york or los angeles but uh there's there's some stuff to do there's uh there's the city it's got a pretty decent sized mall um, some nature stuff around it to like go on hikes and go see some Australian Australian animals. Um, there was a zoo and stuff like that. I mean, there was there was some stuff to do. Um, Sydney was only about three hours drive, so that was that was something that we did a couple of times. Was we went up and took a trip to Sydney. So that was it's. It, I think it was three hours from Sydney. I think five hours from Melbourne. So you're kind of in the middle of everything. Um, yeah. You're about an hour from the beach on the coast, so uh, you could definitely get out and do some things. It was a, uh, it's a pretty good location. It's quiet and it's like that. So what not, did you not, did you did bustle, you rent? Bustle. Sorry, did you rent a car or? or? No, sorry. Um, no, they have a bus line that goes up and down, and actually the the team that we were with gave us a car. That was part of the deal. Um, yeah. They each import had their own car. Wow. And uh, you're just responsible for gas and everything, and. As long as you told him you were going, you were going to go take it somewhere. He usually had no problem with it. That's cool. So you, yeah. so you, so you took advantage of that. You travel across Australia at all? Yep. Did uh, we did Sydney for New Year's? Actually, that was pretty cool. So we were on uh, Sydney Harbour for New Year's when the fireworks were going on nice. and everything. And then uh, the week after that, we came home and worked a little bit, and we took a trip for uh, ten days to New Zealand with uh, one of the other imports from Tuggeranong. Yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> we'll give him a shout out, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I just actually his pod, I just interviewed him in his podcast episodes coming up next here. So uh, listen for that funny guy, uh, uh, good guy definitely. And so you met up with yeah, him. How, how did? Oh yeah, you played against him then, or? Yeah, he was against us. Uh, he was on one of the other teams in the ACT league. Yeah, excellent. So uh, and and yeah, you guys took off to New Zealand. Yep, that was fun. Uh, ten days, I think we did uh, five or six in Queenstown, um, all the adventure sports and everything. And then we rented a camper van and kind of just drove around the South Island. Yeah. Milford Sound and Franz Joseph, the glacier, and uh-huh. kind of just saw the area. And that was that was probably the coolest part was just three guys driving around in a camper van, doing stop when you want, and no. do like canyons or glaciers and it was just a cool oh cool that's show. great man i'm jealous um i think i remember seeing a picture of him jump bungee jumping in in new zealand was, was that new zealand yeah that was new zealand uh him and the other guy did uh one of, i think the nevis bungee jump they said i think it's like the second biggest in the world or something like that yeah yeah i think i, I just saw a show uh, on the same one the other day yeah. i think it's third third biggest maybe right maybe second biggest yeah, i don't know they said it, it was a big one um i I'm not much for heights, so I kind of out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could do it. Well, it sounds like a blast. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm jealous. And, 
so it sounds like you were making the money to support that too. So, so that's what's cool. And, and they didn't give you a hard time about taking some time off work or anything? Um, no, actually, they uh, is the way the work was set up, you kind of give them your hours at the beginning of the week. So if you didn't want to work that week, you just tell them. Really? That's, yeah. Yeah, they were usually pretty good about it. Um, and as far as the baseball trip, um, we were they gave us a month off for Christmas, so we didn't miss any baseball during that. So it was a good time to travel and do everything that you wanted to do and come back, and you didn't have to miss baseball. So they weren't very... Maddie, they weren't mad at you for leaving or anything. Yeah, no. That, Australia sounds like the, the the best place as far as like if you think of going to Europe or Australia. I know, you know, three month visas in Europe, where in Australia you're there for a year and they got that nice break in the middle of the season where you can do your traveling then and and uh, and you can make some good money while you're at it. So. This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. So you spent a season in Australia and then now you're in Europe. So you started, I remember you started contacting me and you were looking around and uh, so what kind of did you get many offers or was this the only offer? Um, no, I had a couple offers. I think um, there was a couple of Austrian teams through you um, that had offered second division teams. Yeah. And um, for a slight time, I think Trotsky was interested in mm-hmm. signing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So uh, what, what ended up happening was there was a tournament for um, 35 and over uh, guys, I guess, up in Brisbane in North Australia. And one of the guys that came down was a Belgian guy who used to play for the Ainsley Bears, used to live with our host father and everything. So the guy brought him down and brought him back to Canberra with him for a couple of days. And turns out he was a head coach for a Belgian team. And he had brought with him the team president. And they got to see us play a game or two. And before they left, they had offered us a spot on their team if we had wanted it. And uh, during the whole time we were in Australia... I think that was around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the whole time we were there after that, he kind of kept mentioning it like they were offering us spots. And so all three of us ended up leaving together and coming to Belgium. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. So all three of you. Yeah, they got all three of us from Australia to Belgium. So. Wow, that's cool. So uh, I guess that answers the question. You, they're allowed three on the field at a time in, in Belgium? Yep, as long as the uh, the battery isn't too imports. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, the same same thing here in Austria. Um, so you're playing with the Derna Spartans, which is basically called the Royal Spartans. Um, yeah, which is you're in second place right now. I, I I saw. Is that typically you know with this club? Or is it because you three are there now, or are they typically up there? Um, they're typically in the middle of the mix, I believe. Um, from what we saw last year, they were, I think they were finishing like fifth or sixth place or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think usually, historically, it's the Squirrels, uh, Burgerhout, mm-hmm. and uh, Prescott Braves. Yeah. I think those are typically the two teams at the top. And then there's a couple of teams that fight for the last two playoff spots. Or so uh, We're usually, I guess, middle of the pack kind of team. And I guess this year we uh, were helping them out a little bit and uh, it's not. It's not just us. I mean, everybody else has been playing pretty well, and we had a transfer come over from uh, the Squirrels team. So, mm-hmm. I guess the te- people here trade trade teams a little more often than they do in Australia. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. Same with the Netherlands too. So, um, 
Oh yeah, just being such a small country too, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, are in Antwerp, I think, except for one or two of them. I think the furthest drive is only about an hour. Yeah. But for the most part, six of the eight teams are within twenty-five minutes of each other. That's nice. Not here in Austria, we have to travel <laughs> a that lot. A lot, and that should be something you factor in. I mean, if you're if you have an offer from an Austrian team and a Belgian team, you know, and it's very similar offer, I think that would be a huge thing because I don't like traveling five, three hours every weekend, you know. So, um, okay, cool. So, do they typically bring in three imports? From what you've heard, um, usually it's two. I believe um, they. I guess most teams they don't. The funding isn't there for three guys. Um, from what I heard, though, our team usually tries to bring in three guys every year. Um, they haven't been, but they said they usually try to. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you can. Um, so we're all like, I, I don't know if you're, you know, okay with talking about compensation, but did yeah. it, were you were they able to cover the flight for you guys? Um, yeah, they. Uh, from what they did, they paid our flight from Australia to here. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it went about. Um, I was looking for them to just pay that for me, um, not necessarily for them, because they said they would pay one way, and mm-hmm. I asked them to pay from Australia there. Because when I left for Australia, I bought a round trip. Yes, and I didn't want that one to go to waste, and yeah. so I figured I'd use that one to go home from Europe. So what they ended up doing was just buying it for all three of us. So okay, so you yeah. have a flight home because you had that round trip. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I've heard of guys like or that are playing in Europe. And then they get their European club just to pay for the flight to Australia, you know, especially if one of the clubs there, you know, only offering one way or something like that. So you could really work it out between the two clubs to make sure that all your flights are covered. And, yeah, I think there'll be room to negotiate at the end of the season, too, if we do well enough that they might give us a little extra to help yeah. us get into I think that's often the way, too, is they don't – if they don't know you, too, or they're not 100% sure how you're going to fit in with the club, maybe they don't – offer everything they possibly can up front obviously and then Absolutely. as you fit in and do well and, and aren't afraid to to help out around the clubhouse too and, and pick up a rake or whatever it is then I think they're more than generous at the end of the season and to help you out yeah so yeah, do you it's set up there too yeah do you find that most clubs in I saw that there's eight there's eight clubs in the the Belgian Baseball League um, and it looks like there's a clear top four maybe five even um, and then because it looks like the squirrels or one of the clubs aren't doing as well this year uh, yeah the Braves the, the Braves, Braves yeah. are kind of struggling this year they're um, they're in the fifth place spot right now but I think they're like four games behind whoever's in fourth yeah um, I think it's actually three way tie for second so I think all of us are tied for fourth at the same time yeah I think they're four games behind all of us so yeah, uh, and we just finished the first half of the season, so they got a little bit of work to do if they want yeah. to make it. And then there's a clear bottom three. So are are those three not importing, or are there imports throughout the league? Uh, what's what's that? Like the top teams not importing, or the bottom teams? Not? Uh, are all the clubs importing, or or you know, it looks like just. But when I look at the records of the bottom three, it makes me think maybe they're not. But um, actually, the, I know for a fact one team. Uh, I think Namer has a Canadian pitcher. And I think he doubles as their head coach or one of their coaches. Um, I don't know if he – I think he might be the only one. Um, what the Belgian league is, though, is um, they have like a grandfather rule. If you're here for five years, you're not important anymore. Mm-hmm. So a lot of teams had brought their imports in a few years ago, and they liked it, and they've been staying. So um, 
I know Squirrels has two guys mm-hmm. uh, that they've been here for more than five years, but they were Venezuelan. I see. Yeah, so they're not imports anymore, but they, I think they still get the money. They get compensated and all that like they are. Yeah, I think yeah, I think there's definitely that rule in, in a few leagues across Europe. It's not the first time I've heard it. I just have to check my notes for that. But I know that you know there is that option. But I just don't see a lot of guys doing that. You know, coming back for five years, mostly just because at some point financially you need to maybe get on with your life. But um, so no, that sounds good. So what what would you say the level of baseball maybe in comparison to the the the, the capital uh, territory league that you just came from in Australia or something? yeah, I think um, league's a little. I think it's a step below Australia. Um, not so many guys throwing as hard. Uh, definitely for sure. Um, now I guess besides one through six, and I think now it's just kind of get through the top four, and usually you're all right. Mm-hmm. But there's there's real no fireball pitchers in this league. It's a lot of a lot of low eighties. If you're lucky, somebody will throw mid eighties, but mm-hmm. not not too often. Um, but yeah, for sure, I think it would be I think considered a step below Australia. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty parallel to Austria here, and that's a good description. Yeah. You know, you'll get in some some pretty good imports that come in that can throw. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you're facing the local talent, not that the local talent isn't good, like they're getting better and better every year. It's just that the velocity just isn't maybe something you might face elsewhere. So, yeah, cool. So, have you have you had the chance to travel yet? Um, yeah, we've actually done a few, couple small trips. Um, we we did Paris uh, for a few days a couple weeks ago, and then uh, we just got back last week from uh, Amsterdam. Cool. So that, that's actually an easy one to get to. Uh, Paris was only about five hours on a bus, and Amsterdam's about two hours, two and a half hours on a bus. Yeah. So both pretty easy to get to, pretty cheap on the bus. Uh, bus, I think, bus was only like fifteen euro to get yeah. there. So yeah, for pretty, sure, pretty easy, pretty practical. Um, yeah. Staying in a hostel, I mean, you can keep it as cheap as you want. Uh, Paris is a pretty expensive city, yeah. uh, so is yeah. Amsterdam. If you go, it's definitely it's definitely worth going to visit if you can. Uh, seeing the sights, I mean, just seeing the iconic things, I guess, for both cities is pretty fun. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's what I love about Europe is you can live somewhere like Belgium or Austria and hop on a train or a bus, and three hours later, in any direction, you're in a whole, you know, different country, different culture, and country, big city. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, Cool. I think yeah. I think that was about it. I, I just wanted to get an idea because that's one of the leagues that maybe I have the less contact with is is Belgium, and then in the Australian end, it was it was the capital territory. So I was looking forward to this interview to pick your brain a bit more, and um, you know, so I appreciate that. So what's next for you? Uh, we've been in contact, and you're looking to uh, continue your your overseas career. Yep, uh, I think uh, right now it's looking like um, I'm trying to get into the ABL. Uh, I was hoping that my numbers would be good enough in the state league where the Canberra team at least would try to take a chance on me, bring a guy back with some ties to the city and mm-hmm. kind of know who you were from helping out with the kids and everything. Um, I thought I put up some good numbers for them to at least consider it. Um, but if not, I think uh, I'm going to try and head home and work a little bit, maybe come back to Europe for next summer and 
yeah. see where it goes from there. But uh, definitely going to start trying to get into the coaching thing. Um, coach here actually is trying to set me up with the Belgian national team uh, to try and help out coaching and maybe get a spot on the team as a coach next year. That's cool. Maybe bringing me back to play in this league again. Well, that's the thing is I think once you're overseas and you've established yourself as a good player and a good guy that's good with kids, um, the opportunities keep coming. Yeah. Maybe you know maybe things don't work out as far as getting into the ABL, but I think um, there's always going to be another cool opportunity in some in one direction or the other. Um, it'd be nice to see you get get into the ABL. Um, I know that. You know, they, they have the majority of their budget for two, three, four top minor league guys. And then and then I think they tried to bring in some guys that are maybe a little more affordable that have a lot of talent. So I, I think that's definitely you. So uh, um, so hopefully that works out. I'm going to be helping you try to do that. And um, we'll, we'll look across the league and see what we can do. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for helping out. And, uh been it's been a fun ride so far. Just kind of wanted to keep going, you know. Just oh, once you. once you get overseas for the first time, it's kind of you get that itch. You just want to keep going. You don't want it to stop. I hear you. any any problems like missing home or getting homesick, or are you just enjoying the ride? Nah, uh, it's been pretty easy. Um, Skype the family, I think once a week or so, and makes it a little easier for them. Um, I think maybe. Once in a while, you miss home a little bit, or something happens at here where you have a bad week, and kind of something reminds you of home, and you miss it a little bit. But for the most part, you're, you're kind of busy with everything, with your job or with baseball and everything. So yeah, not, you don't miss it too too much. Well, and, it, and I think it helps that you have these two other guys, and it seems like obviously you get along if you're going to be traveling all together to Belgium as well. Um, yeah. So that that makes it a lot better because um, it, it can get a little lonely if you're on your own. But I think for the most part, most clubs in Europe or Australia have two imports. And uh, as long as you get along with the guy, then it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. It's made it fun, made it easier, transitions and everything. And yeah. Just just knowing that when you, when you came over, it was just you at least knew somebody already. Yeah, for sure. But we'll stay in touch, man. And, and you know, any way that I can help, I'm going to do it. So. And we have we have Zach helping as well, and so between the two of us, um, I think we should at least get your name out there and, and in the best position possible to to make that come true for you. And um, yeah, so we'll stay in touch. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for uh, thanks for everything, Dave. Yeah, no problem, man. Let's we'll we'll, we'll talk soon, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. And let's stay in touch for this season. And um, I hope to hear that you guys. Uh, upset the squirrels because uh, i've noticed that yeah they've kind of been the reigning champs there for a while so so good luck to you thank you that'd be nice uh, we'll uh, we'll see we'll keep in touch and uh, hopefully we can tell you that we want it yeah right on man all right hopefully we'll we'll catch up meet in person sooner or later maybe i'll make a trip with alex or something like that oh i do have one one quick question actually yeah absolutely. that's something that slipped my mind now it just came back and this is something we could edit out if we need to because <laughs> um, I, I know like some clubs are a little sketchy about this stuff um, visa what yeah. kind of visa are you on you're on a, a um, uh, are you on the tourist visa or did they get you a legit we're, visa we're technically on a three month visa which we never actually applied for we never got anything we kind of just traveled over here um, when we were in Sydney though they were kind of sketchy with us having a one-way ticket into Belgium. Yeah. So 
they made us buy a ticket out of the country, which is the reason why we went to Amsterdam. Um, we ended up buying a bus ticket to Amsterdam while before we left Australia. And um, when we actually got here, they never actually stamped our passport. So I see. We'll be. I think we'll be all right. Um, but yeah, I think after the three months, we'll be here, kind of under the radar for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of. It is kind of a sketchy thing. I I know that there's ways around it, but it's a lot of paperwork and costs a lot of money. And um, from what we know, though, is the other guy that was with us was in Germany last year, and he kind of did the same thing. He just laid low, and he was all right. That typically is it, honestly. Like that's not necessarily something that I'm, you know, promoting, but it's. I think that's the most common thing you'll see. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, I think, illegal, but it's one of those things that's more frowned upon than anything. Yeah, it's they. I honestly have I've never heard of uh, a guy being deported or or sent home um, or fined or it's it's and then then there's some countries that are just relaxed with it, and then some like the Netherlands actually that are pretty strict with it. So yeah, yeah, that one I heard for sure. Well, I've heard further north the more strict you are and you're pretty north so i thought maybe it's a little different in belgium so that's why i wanted to ask you yeah i don't know for sure what their rules are but uh nobody seems to have been worried about it nobody's worried for us mm-hmm. uh, so i don't think it's going to be too much of an issue yeah but i guess if you plan on traveling past those three months then you better yeah you just got to kind of do it quietly i guess yeah awesome all right so have a good one. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, absolutely, Dave. Thanks for everything. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Ciao, bye. That wraps up episode 49. I want to thank Andrew for taking the time to sit down and interview with me and share a lot of information about camp baseball in Canberra and also in Belgium. As you can see, uh, the state leagues in Australia provide a great opportunity for someone to go down there, make some money while they're playing baseball, uh, open the door to an international career as it usually leads to a continued career uh, in Europe. Uh, in Europe, it's slightly different. Uh, players are not working. They are paid a salary, but again, return flights are paid. And usually it's an apartment instead of a host family. So if any of you guys are looking to play in Australia this upcoming winter, you better get your hats in the ring pretty darn soon, as many clubs have already done their signings for for this upcoming season, which begins in October, early October, uh, so you better get on it. So thanks again, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you on the milestone episode number 50 coming up in a couple of weeks.